This morning I'm going to ask you folks to take your Bibles and uh, find your way into the New Testament book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter. We're going to be in 1 Peter chapter number 1 this morning. We're going to read two verses out of 1 Peter chapter number 1. And uh, the crux of the message will come from these two verses. 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 18 and 19. 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The title of the message this morning is The Power of the Blood. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to be in your house. We pray that today, Lord, we'd not only have fellowship with the saints of God, but fellowship with you. Lord, we know that true fellowship with you only comes through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, Lord, we desire to see Jesus. We desire to have sweet communion and fellowship with you and your dear Son, Jesus. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would lead in the services, not only this morning, but also in this afternoon's study. And Lord, we just pray that today we would take a step back as we're here a couple weeks into this new year we'd take a couple steps back and just realize and relish the power uh, that comes through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray that you'd be lifted up and exalted it's in Jesus's name we pray amen the power of the blood as we continue our journey into 2022 we need power for living now not our power but certainly the power of God, God's power. And it does us well to remember and to reflect on the power of the blood. And there's no doubt here, of course, that we're talking about the blood of God's dear Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Christ. Now, in our text, Peter is writing about Jesus' sacrifice. There's no doubt that he's writing about the power of the blood. Now in 2022, as we journey on, we need to feast upon the power of Jesus' blood. When is the last time that you thought about the blood of Christ? When is the last time that you feasted on the riches that come to us as God's children by the blood of Christ? Well, to grasp an understanding of this power that comes through the blood, we want to investigate that further today. And primarily, we are going to look at verse number 19, although we will also be in verse 18. What makes Jesus' blood powerful? And I will say this, as we study this today, there is so much more that we could cover as it relates to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we have peace through His blood. We are made nigh by His blood. We are justified by His blood. We have boldness to God, God's throne through the blood of Christ. There's so many aspects of the blood of Christ, but we're limiting our study today to our text verses. And so this, this morning, I want us to note four reasons that there is power in the blood. Here they are. There's power in the blood 
Because through the blood, payment was secured. There's power in the blood because Jesus' blood, secondly, is a precious substance. Thirdly, there's power in the blood because it comes from the proper source. And then lastly, there's power in the blood because in that sacrifice we have a pure sacrifice. Four reasons that there is power in the blood. The first reason we see in verse number 19, and of course we're going to go back and look at verse 18 as well, is that through the blood, payment was secure. Now, of course, what we're referring to here is the first part of verse number 19, and we're just going to break verse number 19 down this morning. Uh, this will be an exposition, if you will, of verse number 19. And I want you to notice the first three words of verse number 19. But with the, but with the, but with the precious blood of Christ. Well, what does this mean, but with the precious blood of Christ? We'll go back to verse number 18 and notice what Peter's writing about. In verse number 18, he writes, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. And so, I want you to notice this morning that there is power in the blood of Christ. We see the power of the blood exemplified in that through the blood, payment was secured. Now notice that as we talk about payment uh, securing, first of all, redemption demands payment. Is not Peter talking about in verse number 18 the subject of redemption? Redemption literally, I'll give you this definition, redemption literally is a releasing affected by the payment of a ransom. That is literally what a redemption is. A releasing, a deliverance if you will, that is affected by the payment of a ransom. In fact, the very Greek word that is, uh, is translated in our English Bibles, redemption, that Greek word is also translated deliverance in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 35. And so the idea of redemption necessitates that a payment would be made to free somebody from their captivity. The thought is that redemption supposes captivity and slavery and a deliverance is a freedom from that captivity and slavery and that, folks, is redemption. And so redemption demands payment. Secondly, as we talk about here this morning, the first reason why there's power in the blood and there's the power of the blood is because payment was secured. Redemption demands payment. And secondly, Christ's blood alone had the power to deliver the payment. Christ's blood alone had the power to deliver the payment. Now Christ's blood is superior to all of the items that are listed in verse number 18. Look at what is listed in verse number 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. What kind of corruptible things? As silver and gold. 
You cannot purchase redemption. The illusion here, and we're not going to turn to this this morning, but the illusion is to Exodus chapter number 30 and verse number 12 where the redemption of the Israelite souls is mentioned where they would pay a, a certain portion of shekel or a, another portion of payment uh, as the ransom for their soul. And so in the Old Testament, we have in the Old Testament all those types and pictures that are fulfilled in the New Testament. Well, guess what? You can't have redemption. Payment cannot be made and secure the redemption of your soul by silver and gold. Notice it is not by the vain conversation that is received by tradition from your fathers. And so anything that you can think of that you would offer up to God as payment to deliver your soul and payment of a ransom, none of that can, can actually secure the delivery of your soul. It is only the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not anything mentioned in verse 18 is capable. Well, what is? Well, verse number 19, but with the precious blood of Christ. Christ's blood is superior. He alone could secure payment. Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse number 7, and we're very familiar with this passage. We read it and studied it in our study of the book of Ephesians. And by the way, what we read in Ephesians chapter number 7 is uh, also repeated by Paul in his letter to the Colossae church in Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 14. But Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 7, Paul writes, In whom we have redemption, how? Through His blood. What comes by that redemption through His blood? The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Paul, we believe, wrote the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter number 9 and verse number 12, listen to what Paul wrote about this redemption that comes only through the blood of Christ. In Hebrews 9 and verse 12, Paul writes, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And so, folks, this morning... I want us to think about the power of the blood. That there is power in the blood. How do we see power in the blood exemplified and displayed? Well, there's four reasons there's power in the blood. First of all, by His blood, payment is secured. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This redemption has great benefits for the child of God. It offers power for living. Listen to what Brother Spurgeon wrote in his devotion on the subject of redemption by the blood of Christ. Spurgeon wrote this, Through Jesus' blood, there is not a spot left upon any believer, nor wrinkle, nor any such thing remains. O precious blood, which makes us clean, removing the stains of abundant iniquity, and permitting us to stand accepted in the Beloved, notwithstanding the many ways in which we have rebelled against our God. Amen. Listen, there is the power of the blood that Peter writes about in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 19. There's reasons that this blood is powerful. First of all, by the blood, payment is secured. We are redeemed and set free and delivered. We have forgiveness with God by the blood. Man, you ought to be thankful for the blood this morning. 
Secondly, the second reason, and by the way, the quote that I read from Spurgeon is a is an excellent transition into the second reason because Spurgeon says, Oh, precious blood, which makes us clean. That transitions us into the second reason that we see the power of the blood, and that is that it is a precious substance. Notice First uh, Peter 1, verse number 19. But with the precious blood of Christ. Christ's blood was a precious substance. Precious. Now, in this, we first of all must think about this question. What is meant by the word precious? There are many different meanings of the word precious and many different usages and applications in our language today for the word precious. But what does Peter mean as he writes in verse number 19 that we in fact are redeemed by the precious blood of Christ? Well, the word precious literally in the Greek means that which is of great value, that which is costly, that which is of great price. And I want to say this morning that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shows us the power of the blood by seeing that this was a precious substance. This is the blood of Christ. And the blood of Christ must be a precious substance. Now, it must be so because blood was required for redemption. There could be no remission or redemption without blood. Hebrews chapter number 9. And again, Paul here is is referencing the Old Testament book of Leviticus, but in Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 22, Paul writes, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And the word purged means to make pure, to make clean. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Do you know what the word remission means? It means liberty or deliverance. So there is no setting free without the shedding of blood. And so with that thought in mind and the understanding that the word precious literally means of great value, of great cost, of great price, we must then think about why Jesus' blood is so precious. Why why is Jesus' blood so precious? Now, if I were to say this, you would probably agree with me that the blood of common men is precious. Is not the blood of common men precious? I mean, when we send our soldiers, sailors, Marine Corps, uh, Marines, and, 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 and our members of the Navy, we send them off to combat, uh, is it not precious any drop of blood that is shed in defense of this great nation? Of course it is. The blood of common men and women is precious. So then can I ask you this? How much more so the blood of Christ? What is it that makes Christ's blood so precious? Well, what makes Christ's blood so precious is that He is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, He is the only one that was qualified to shed His blood on our behalf. John, the Apostle John writes in And by the way, we're talking about power for for living in 2022 and the power of the blood. Think about how this 
uh, understanding of this verse brings power in our lives for daily living. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now get this. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. And so you see, beloved, that it isn't just the fact that Jesus was a man and He shed His blood. That would make His blood precious. But what makes Jesus' blood much more so precious than the blood of the common man? Because He is the Son of the living God. And because He is the Son of the living God, He Himself is God manifest in the flesh. The Lord Jesus Christ exemplified all that the Father is. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we find out that when we talk about the blood of Christ as the price being paid to purchase our redemption, what we find is that it really refers us back to the sacrifice of the Heavenly Father. In Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28, Paul here as he meets with the Ephesian elders, he references this fact because he says by way of writing, or this is Luke actually recording what, uh, what Paul said. In Acts chapter 20 and verse number 28, Luke writes about Paul's discussion and Paul said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves. And to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, now get this, which he hath purchased with his own blood. What makes the blood of Christ special? What makes it precious? He's the very Son of God. He's God manifest in the flesh. His blood alone satisfies the requirements of God's holy law by His blood alone we can have remission. We can be ransomed from that captivity for which we needed deliverance and liberty. Joseph Benson writes this about Christ's blood and how precious it is. He writes, Jesus' blood is blood of immense value. Immense value. Being the blood of the only begotten Son of God who had glory with the Father before the world was. And you can read about that glory in John chapter number 17. Well, there is the power of the blood revealed in verse number 19. What are the reasons that there's power in the blood? Well, we see that there's power in the blood because through the blood payment was secured and we've been delivered. There's power in the blood because this blood, Jesus' blood, is a precious substance. There's a third reason that there's power in the blood and by which we see the power of the blood and that is because this blood came from a proper source now look in verse number 19 we've already read that first portion or that first phrase if you will of verse number 19 but with the precious blood of Christ now watch watch the next thought that Peter discloses as of a lamb now, I would submit to you that generally when we read this verse, we do not divorce the entire phrase from what we just read. In other words, this is what I mean. When we read verse number 19, we normally probably read it this way. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And we probably focus on the 
fact that the lamb was without blemish and without spot. But do you take the time to feast upon this thought? That it's the lamb that is being spoken of? As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We see the power of the blood in that the blood come came from a proper source. As of a lamb. Now, there can be no doubt here that Peter, first of all, in writing this passage in verse number 19 as he's moved and borne along by the Holy Spirit, first of all, Peter is referring to the Passover lamb. And I say the Passover lamb, and you'll read writings and the, the, the Passover lamb is referred to as the Paschal lamb. But I believe Peter is referring to the Passover lamb. I also believe that there's application in many other ways in which Jesus is the Lamb. But I want you to notice here that in, 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 in writing verse number 19, I believe that Peter is referring to the Passover Lamb. Now watch. Let's turn over in the Old Testament to the book of Exodus. We referenced the book of Exodus recently. We, uh, as a church body, partook of the Lord's Supper at the end of 2021. And uh, we looked in that uh, particular Wednesday evening uh, lesson before we observed the Lord's Supper, we looked at the footprints of the Lamb. And uh, what was Jesus doing when He instituted His Supper? Well, He was observing the Passover with His church, was He not? And so notice here, Exodus chapter number 12, we have the institution of the Passover and we have instructions for the Passover. Now begin reading with me in Exodus chapter 12, verse number 3, and we're going to read down through verse 7. Exodus 12, verse 3 through 7. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. So what were they to take? Not a bullock, not turtle doves, not a meat offering. They were to take a lamb. Notice verse number 4. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Verse number 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the open door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Now, you have the instruction for the observance of the Passover. There's an event that's going to happen that's going to accompany the Passover. And that's why it's called the Passover. And then there was a perpetual feast that the Jews were to observe, one of the three great annual feasts called the Passover. Now notice, having already read these instructions about how they were to take a lamb that would become the lamb and eventually would be recognized as their individual lamb. That lamb was for them. And notice what the value of the lamb was. Look at verse number 12. In Exodus chapter 12, verse number 12. For I will pass through the land 
of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods, that's with a little g, all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Man, don't you want to just shout and say, Praise the Lord? Because when God sees the blood, He does what? He passes by. It is by the Lamb's blood that there is deliverance. Now Egypt, Israel had been in Egypt for 210 years when this occurs. And they had cried by reason of their affliction for deliverance. And God sent Moses and Aaron to speak before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, and through the hardness of his heart, would not allow the people to go. And God said, you know what? I don't have to go by what Pharaoh says. I'm God Almighty, and my people are going to be delivered. And here's a token. This is a sign uh, as to how I am going to work the eternal redemption of your souls. The destroyer would come through the land of Egypt and smite all the firstborn except those who were covered by the blood. And what blood was that? It was the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. Now the lamb was a young sheep from one to three years old. And if you look, and again I told you we're sticking to the, we're sticking to the subject at hand, but man you go back and you look at verses 3 through 7 and you look at, at that blood, how that, or that lamb, that, that male lamb without spot and blemish and how he was, that male lamb was slain in the evening. All of this typifies Jesus Christ as our Passover lamb. In fact, that leads us to the second thought here as we talk about the power of the blood. Why is there power in the blood of Christ? Because it comes from the proper source. Peter refers to the Passover lamb and Jesus is revealed as our Passover lamb. There is a wonderful account in a picture of God's redemptive work in Exodus chapter number 12. Jesus is God's lamb that takes away our sin. And He's not just any lamb. He's our Passover lamb. He's the Paschal lamb. The Father looks on us. And when He looks on us, He sees the blood that Jesus shed. The precious substance of His blood. And that blood is good enough to secure payment for us and deliver us from bondage. Jesus is the lamb. He's the lamb. John saw Jesus walking. And what did John say about Jesus? John did not try to draw people to him and try to make himself some great minister here on this earth. John understood his place. John the Baptist, he was the forerunner of Christ. And what did John say when he saw Jesus walking? John chapter 1 and verse number 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And then again in John chapter 1 and verse number 36, And looking upon Jesus as He walked, He saith, Behold the Lamb of God. <laughs> Man, why is there power in the blood? Because that blood comes from the proper source. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Do you know that 
28 times in the book of Revelation, Jesus is mentioned as God's Lamb. 28 times. There are so many verses that I left out of the message today that I wanted to put in. And man, I've got some of them included here in case I just, by the Spirit's leadership, I wanted to mention them and I want to be, be cognizant of our time. But Jesus is the Lamb. And because He is the Lamb, He is our Passover Lamb. That Lamb that you read about in Exodus Exodus chapter number 12 that was to be taken out without spot and blemish, that typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our Passover Lamb. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse number 7, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened, For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Jesus is our Paschal Lamb. The blood that secures payment and redeems us comes from the proper source. Jesus is the Lamb. So there's the power of the blood as displayed in that it comes from the proper source. And then I want you to notice this fourth and final reason that there's power of the blood. And that is because this blood is a pure sacrifice. It's a pure sacrifice. Notice the last part of verse number 19, our text verse, verse number 19. Let's read the whole verse and then we'll focus and give emphasis to what we want to talk about here in the fact that it's a pure sacrifice. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, and without spot. Without blemish and without spot. Now only such a lamb was to be permitted to off, to be offered in sacrifice. It had to be a lamb that was without blemish and without spot. So now I want you to think about the requirements that are listed here by Peter the Apostle as he writes about the power of the blood. Notice the requirements. In verse number 5 of Exodus chapter number 12, and we've already read this, and so you can turn back if you want, but I'll just read it to you again. In Exodus 12 verse number 5, Your lamb shall be without blemish. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Do you know that this lamb that was to be used in the Passover sacrifice was to be a lamb without blemish. That means that it was to be free from any physical defects. You can go back, and again, it's not our purpose this morning to study this in depth, but I will give you the reference. You can go back to Leviticus chapter number 22, verses 17 through 24, and you can read about all the physical deficiencies and defects that would disqualify a lamb or a sacrifice from being used in any of the sacrifices required by the Lord. It had to be free from any physical defects. And then we find as well, as it relates to the requirements, not only was the lamb to be without blemish, but the lamb was to be without spot. Now there are numerous references in the Old Testament that show that the sacrifices that were to be used were not only to be without blemish, but without spot. And I want to just read this passage to you that covers the morning and the evening sacrifice. And in the, in the tabernacle, 
And then again in the temple, there was a morning sacrifice and there was an evening sacrifice. And you know what was used in the morning and the evening sacrifice? A lamb. A lamb that was without blemish and you know what else? Without spot. Listen to this in Numbers 28, verse number 3. And thou shalt say unto them, this is God giving to Aaron and Moses what is supposed to take place and what are the requirements of the offering. God says, Thou shalt say unto them, This is the offering made by fire, which ye shall offer unto the Lord, two lambs of the first year without spot, day by day for a continual burnt offering. And so that morning and evening sacrifice, that formed the burnt offering as observed in the tabernacle and the temple it is indicative of all the sacrifices that were to be offered without spot so the requirements were that the lamb that was offered was to be without blemish and without spot and I want you to note that Jesus flawlessly flawlessly fulfills these requirements he is without blemish the lamb was to be absent from any physical defect and I say this morning that I'm not referring to the perfection of Jesus's body but by type he was to be free from any defect and what does the Bible tell us about the life that Jesus lived here on this earth he was in all points tempted like as you and I I want you to think for just a moment about how we we talked last week and preached last week on Jesus's answer to temptation Did you this past week ever think about the scriptures that we read and studied? I'm not going to ask you whether you thought about the message. I don't want you to think about my words. I want you to think about the scriptures that we read. And how did you do this week in battling temptation? You know, I wish I could say that I was undefeated. That would be a lie. We face temptation. We all face temptation. In fact, the Bible tells us that There's a temptation that we all face that is common to man. And we are sure sooner or later, and and more sooner than later, to fail in battling against these temptations. And you know what? You know what we call that when we yield to temptation? We sing that song, yield not to temptation. For yielding is what? Sin. It's sin. You and I yield to temptation, and you know what that is, is? That's sin. But you know what the Lamb of God never did? He never yielded to temptation. He was in all points tempted like as you and I, and yet in Him was found no guile. In Him was found no sin. He did no sin. He not only did no sin, but it was impossible that He could do sin. Jesus Christ was without blemish. And you know what else Jesus was? He's without spot. He's the Lamb. He's without blemish. He's without spot. He is without spot from this world. He is perfectly pure in his soul and in his righteous life that he lived here on this earth. And there was no evidence that anyone could bring forth that there was a spot in him. Now, what do you think of when you think of spot? This happens to me all the time. You know, I'm eating and I look down and I got a spot on my tie got a spot on my shirt it stains it does it not man I have some ties at home that I love these ties but they have stains on them I haven't worn them in a long time they're good ties got to get them somehow see if I can get them cleaned some of the stains won't come out there's a spot 
In fact, do you remember how that lepers were described in Scripture? The the putrid sores that that would would attack their body. They're called what? Spots. They're called spots. Jesus, and that folks, that's typical. That's a picture. It's figurative of sin and how sin stains us. And it's a blot that you and I cannot remove. Jesus was not stained with the spots of sin. We'll close with these verses. In Hebrews chapter number 9, verses 13 and 14. In Hebrews chapter number 9, verses 13 and 14. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh. He's talking about the Old Testament sacrifices. Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot. He offered Himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Jesus flawlessly fulfilled the requirements of the Lamb. He was without blemish. He was without spot. Peter says that we're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a Lamb without blemish and without spot. Folks, there's power in the blood. And this morning we looked at the power of the blood. There are four reasons that there's power in the blood. By the blood, payment is secured and our redemption is secured. We have been freed. We are at liberty. We have been delivered. How? Through the blood. So payment is secured. This blood is powerful because it is a precious substance. It is of great value and great cost because it is the blood of the very Son of God who is God manifest in the flesh. This blood is powerful because it comes from the proper source. He's the lamb. And the Passover sacrifice had to be a male lamb, one year old, without blemish and without spot. And that leads us to the fourth reason there's power in His blood, because it was a pure sacrifice. Man, listen. What do you need for successful spiritual living in 2022? Well, I know what you first need. You need to have your sins cleansed by the blood of Christ. John said in Revelation 1 and verse number 5, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. you got to have that first. And then, once you have that assurance, you can come boldly by the blood of Christ and enjoy the peace that comes through the blood of Christ. But it all begins with recognizing the power of the blood. Let's pray.